If not swimming pools, mm-hmm. what land feature could you get across Melbourne by ha- hopping between? Well, the obvious, obvious answer is lemon trees, isn't it, Paul? <laughs> Just uh. swinging! <laughs> My God, I or, could swing all the way home. Or leap from treetop to treetop. <laughs> You're just a strange man in his bathing suit Runs into the garden Climbs up the lemon tree and back down again And then runs back off He's climbing his way home He runs into somebody's front garden Past all the people who are stealing lemons Slaps his balls <laughs> against the lemon tree And then he runs off <laughs> Screaming and a hooting and, It's uh, a special game he's invented You've got to slap your nuts across the tree And um, it's called squirrelling <laughs> True. Scrolling away for Easter. The original name in Australia was just Nut Tree Slap Game Lemons. <laughs> Zo. <laughs> cunt. <laughs> so cunt. It was a national sport practiced by Scott Morrison almost exclusively. Yeah, he got away with it for and so long because he was wearing his, his shark skirt. He's uh, unaccountable, mate. He is, even now. Although he, has, uh, he is starting to get in some hot water, I think, in the news that I occasionally watch and... Uh, I can only say. Oh, yeah, mate. I can only say, yay! Is that all you can say, ever? Y- yay! Jeez. Yay! 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 Oh, yay this yay, podcast yay, yay, is going to be a terrible ordeal. Yay! That could do it. That could really do it. I'm Paul Biswanger. I'm the captain of my soul, that's what counts. <laughs> Having baked ourselves in the unbearable heat of the summer blockbusters uh, of the past 40 years, wow. it's time to cool our blistering skin with a nice dip into the chlorine filled waters of the as yet unnamed 10 episodes where we do whatever we feel like. Perhaps henceforth to be known as the Ned Merrill slot. That's pretty good. If you chose this film specifically so you could call it that, then I'm all for it, actually. Yeah. It's just to do the thing. It's, that's all. It's better than, that's what counts, having a soul. Uh, it's better than yeah. what I was going to come up with, which was that we do whatever we feel like, number 10 episode episodes. <laughs> the do whatever we feel like extravaganza 10 episode. 10. It's catchy. It rolls off a, t- it rolls off a tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> good good two second delay before you say the other 10 at the end. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was too, like, on my side as well. It, t- it, it actually just, took me that long. It's just part of the episode. It's just, you know, it's the do as you feel like extravaganza episode 10. 10. Ten. <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, in this particular extra- uh, do as you feel extravaganza episode 10. 10. 10. Um, I've suggested that we use this particular... Oh, fuck. <laughs> this particular Ned Merrill slot. Um, to revisit the surprise hit of the BFI's Film on Film Weekend. Mm. Find out what the fuck I'm talking about on Patreon, folks. Yeah, It's Frank Perry's 1968 film, The Swimmer. Well, I've got to be on my way. I'm swimming home. You're swimming home? I figured out there's a river of pools all the way to my house. Crazy idea. I think it's a brilliant idea. Well, what are you doing it for? Why do you want to do it? I think it's very original. I mean, I think it's an adventure. Come with me. 
bet you never knew I had a big crush on you. You did? I was mad about you. Out of my head. Come with me. Ned, please don't. Please leave me alone. We made love together in this pool. And you loved it, remember? I lied. You loved it, Shirley. Because, yes, the film is based on a very short story by John Cheever, mm. a novelist with the most outrageous New England accent I've ever heard in my life. It was one of those midsummer days when everyone sits around saying, I drank too much last night. You might have heard it whispered by the prisoners leaving church, heard it from the lips of the priest himself, struggling with his robes in the vestarium, heard it from the golf links in the tennis courts, heard it from the wildlife preserve, <clears throat> where the leader of the Audubon group was suffering from a terrible hangover. I drank too much last night, said Donald Westerhazy. We all drank too much, said Lucinda Merrill. It must have been the wine, said Donald Westerhazy. I drank too much of that claret. <clears throat> this was at the edge of the Westerhazy's pool. The pool fed by an artesian well with a high iron content was a pale shade of green. It was a fine day. Oh, fantastic. Quite something. He's always getting have... ready for the debutante ball. <laughs> Debut Sally. <laughs> Cover yourself up, woman. I That's take that on the veranda. unsettling uh, character from your D&D campaign, Max Eel. Max Eel, he was an attempt at New Orleans, but he mm. may have arrived at, at New England. I can't take full responsibility for the choices that Max Eel made. No, for the love of God. He did some shit, and I loved him. <sighs> We did some shit, and I can't be held accountable for that, I've been told. So, producer Sam Spiegel takes an interest mm -hmm. in the story. Oh, classic Sam Spiegel. Previously produced, The African Queen, On the Waterfront, mm -hmm. Bridge Over the River Kwai, oh. and Lawrence of Arabia. Well, lovely. Yeah, tell you what, though. Oh. He was a bit of a slippery figure. Earned himself the nickname The Velvet Octopus due to <laughs> his activities with young actors and the back of taxis. Uh, what an adorable okay. nickname for a pervert. That's... It's, it's very informative, I assume... Both of those words. Mm. Extremely loaded back in the 20s whenever this was made. Oh, okay. God. If you called someone a velvet anything, yeah. you're done with them. Them's dueling words. Them. Absolutely. And many a duel was had. Um, none more so than Teresa Russell accused him of assault, but he died in 1984, so hard, unlikely see justice now, I would say. Mm. It's hard to convict. Dead men tell no tales of conviction. That's they don't. Dead Jeffrey Men Stand No Trials. And uh, that's, <laughs> that's my terrible uh, Pirates of the Caribbean sequel. Terrible in, in the context of the Pirates of the Caribbean, but in terms of a world <laughs> movement, I feel like it's um, infinitely more terrible credulous. In, terrible Credible. in the old sense. Great and terrible. Yes. Just monumental yeah. sequel. <laughs> you, could, you could interchange. You could, that could be the adjective before the word war. And uh, it would still get across the horrors of 1914-18. Which is what I, the subtitle was for my Pirates of the Caribbean thing. Very confusing. So, There's a lot of layers. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of layers going on, everyone. Let's get back in. Yeah. So the old velvet pervert himself had a bit of a tricky relationship with this film, actually. Um, he hires Frank Perry to direct. Uh -oh. uh, you may know the name. Directed Mommy Dearest, eventually. Oh, fantastic. And Casablanca. <laughs> yes, he also did Casablanca. And that's what I'm here for. Mm -hmm. Tell you what, mate. Yeah. Katy Perry's uncle. Really? Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. Do you know arm? Quick as you like. On your head, love. Oh, uncle. He's at Mother Brown. Basic uncle, mate. All day long. So, his wife, Eleanor Perry, 
mm-hmm. his long-term wife, uh, adapts the story to screenplay. Actually, say long-term, they broke up after, I think it was about a decade. But she, oh. incidentally, did not write Mommy Dearest because they, divor- they divorced shortly after this. So, oh. clear, based on his career after they broke up. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> she, she was very good, it looks like. <laughs> well, Christopher Nolan, if you were ever considering divorce. No. Don't do it. All of your power is stored in your wife. Yeah. Burt Lancaster takes the lead in this film. He plays Ned Merrill uh, yeah. because he's just excellent and perfect in spite of the fact that he can't actually swim and is afraid of water. Beautiful. Use it. <laughs> you get that slight look of fear in his eyes every time he approaches the pool. Yeah. yeah. That's it, birdie baby. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to but... die. Nice. <laughs> he kept saying that in the film. That's like the most recurring <laughs> bit of dialogue. I think I'm going to die. <laughs> Existential masterpiece. Often cut off by the edit. I think I've got... (laughs) They shoot over the summer on location in Connecticut, and Perry expects to shoot some additional scenes. Then he gets Mm. fired. They fire him and bring in a friend of Burt Lancaster's. Oh, here we go. Nepotism. It's it's who you know, isn't it? Some studio stooge who specializes... In getting projects in under budget and on time without ruffling any feathers, uh, ru- without ruffling any feathers, it's going to be a right Peyton Reed type. Oh, yeah, Sydney cool. Pollock. Oh, okay. Well, him being a friend of Burt Lancaster makes a lot of sense. In many ways, his mm. casting of Robert Redford in Jeremiah Johnson feels mm. like an attempt to recapture that energy. I'll take your word for it. Um... If Sydney's anything like Jackson, mate, then uh... <laughs> <laughs> we're in trouble. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, I mean, when Sydney Pollock shows up in Eyes Wide Shut as the sleazy guy, mm. who the sleazy billionaire guy, um, yeah, I feel like he was very much stepping out of the world of uh, Cheever. What's his first name? Cheever, John Cheever. Cheever, John Cheever. He's stepping out of that world of John Cheever. And into mm. a whole mess of Tom Cruise-related trouble. Oh, Pollock God. and cinematographer Michael Nebbia conduct some fairly yeah. dramatic reshoots in California. Mm. Um, most dramatically recasting some people. The Grahams are recast oh. uh, by Kim Hunter and Charles Drake. The oh. chauffeur character is recast with Bernie Hamilton, who replaces right. a very young Billy D. Williams. Oh. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Perhaps most noticeably, Shirley Abbott with whom he has a very dramatic sequence near the end of the film, Yes, uh, is recast with Janice Rule, replacing mm-hmm. remarkably Barbara Loden. Now, I've seen Loden only in Wanda, her directorial sort of effort, masterful mm-hmm. film. It would have been something for her to do the role. She's a very different flavour of person based on what I've seen so far. It would have been okay. a very different scene. By flavour, you mean... Is an American gladiator. She she is an American gladiator. She was one of the original ones, and it would have been wow. very curious to see what that brought to dynamics. How she Loden would have done died... that in the past. Well, exactly. Loden died yeah. horrifically early, so her performances are typically treasured, so it's very sad to see there's one that we've been denied. But perhaps yeah. consequently, uh, Spiegel and Loden's once husband, Elia Kazan, mm. uh, blame each other for the recast, and Kazan had apparently expressed interest in toning down the sequence where Ned Merrill kind of attacks her in the pool. Mm. So, okay. yeah, there's a chance that she was recast because of on the waterfront director, Elia Kazan. Hard to say at in- this stage. Interesting. 
Yeah. But this is the movie that we have. and uh, This is the movie we have, and we can only review that, and I'm sorry about that, until my alternate dimension generator gets working. This is all I we mean, can do. Look, we could, we could pretend that we've seen the other version and just review that. Yeah. I'm also happy, I'm happy to lie to, to everybody. That. I mean, I'm going to be pretending that I've seen this version. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I'm going to be going too far. It, it's, honestly, <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably a lesser amount of perfidy to lie about a film that you haven't seen that doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. You know, because wrongs. then the whole thing is fictional. Me watching it is fictional. It's yeah. fictional. If anything, I've seen way more films that haven't been made than that have. Well, yeah, exactly. Like in, in terms of films that haven't been made, I'm probably the most widely sin illiterate, like faux, like pretend pseudo sin illiterate guy, pseudo guy yeah. there is. Orson Welles' Iron Man. Tell you what, we've both seen it now. We've both seen it, and we thought it was fine, actually. So it's all right. So actually, Peter Travers can actually very... go away. Yeah, he can do, but he won't because his little feet mm. can't carry him away quick enough. <laughs> uh, they also shoot a scene. They shoot the scene with Meryl and the horse. So I can't be mad at any of this. It seems it's definitely how it was supposed to work out. <laughs> they recast the horse. <laughs> uh, they found one that couldn't <laughs> swim. They found the horse just kept gloating. About it was originally to... Sybil Shepherd. Woo! But it's not the seventies yet. So it's not the seventies, and it never will be again. With that attitude, <laughs> uh, Lancaster claims that the film required an additional day of filming, so he paid mm. for it himself. Oh, if okay. only Franklin Geller had been so generous, Masters <laughs> of the Universe might have turned out very much like this. I the enjoy swimmer. the uh, comparisons between Burt Lancaster and Michael Goff. <laughs> um, <laughs> another day of shooting, Michael Goff. Bought everyone some chips. <laughs> a British hero. This is the only. This is what people will work for in England. Mate, working conditions on this thing are terrible. You know what I've got in my pocket? No, you haven't. What? You, I have. you wouldn't. Come on, mate. Please, please don't. <laughs> Can't do this. I asked them to put on salt and vinegar this time. Just give them to me. Don't, don't make me beg. And... Don't make me beg, Michael. <laughs> like last time. And that's how all of that guy's films got made. I can't remember his name. I was trying to remember it's it. How, guy made it's how all of cinema him. was made in Britain. It's how Britain built a reputation as a powerhouse for special effects and epic features. And that was squandered by yeah. New Labour, probably. I don't know. I'm going to say so, New Labour. Christopher Nolan say... doesn't allow... He, he's famous. He said he doesn't allow chip packets on his um, movie sets <laughs> yeah. anymore. It's no, terrible. and Anne Hathaway respects the shit out of that. Yeah. So after all of that, Spiegel actually has to have his name removed from the film, so... Uh, oops. Frank, you want to come back? Frank? Oh, <laughs> oh, what a nice niece you have. So... <laughs> oh, who remembers the segment, Oh, what a lovely score? Well, we're doing it anyway! Wow! Quick word about Marvin Hamlish, who wrote okay. the wonderful hypnotic languid score for The Swimmer, which was actually his first. Really? Yeah. Well, there's always a first. Well, always a first, and if you can make that The Swimmer, you've done pretty well. Uh, he then went on to compose yeah. for The Sting, won an Oscar for that. Ooh. Uh, the Way We Were, won two Oscars for that. Best original score, best original song for The best Way We Were. You know, mm. shattered pictures. Of the smiles we left behind. That was the it. way we were. 
<laughs> listeners, I've never, never heard it or seen it, so uh, don't tell Paul. But it's, it's the one that starts ad libbed. I'm pretty. Sure it's, it's the one that starts memories like the corners of my mind. I'm pretty sure it's that. That's not memories. Memory starts the way we were. <laughs> the way we were. <laughs> I I, I is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any of this. I don't know. I'm, I just. I. I have no reference. I've got no cards for this. My my mental Rolodex just, is spinning and it's empty. It's just got. I just thought it was it. kind of amusing that the song "The Way We Were" starts with us really melodically singing "Memories," so you think it might be memories, but and it's not because Cats. memory starts with the other thing. Oh. It was all. It was all mixed up there. Tell you what, you're this is a nightmare spy who loved me, for which he okay. co-wrote the the Bond theme. Nobody does it better with with Carly Simon. Nobody does it better. No, yeah, I remember the Patreon. It better. She really <laughs> slips into the baritone at the end. <laughs> no, wish I could. Does it half as good as you, baby? You're the best. <laughs> wow, Carly Simon. Wow, sounded a bit like Fat Leslie's Vindaloo. <laughs> that, do you know you're so vain? You probably think the song is about you. It was about Fat Les. <laughs> <Bar Vindaloo. laughs> yeah. uh, his final score was yeah. Behind the Candelabra Which feels like a fitting compa- uh, b- ah. bracket point If this is the first Now that I've seen, do you have any references to that That I can get for the audience? I don't think he wrote an original song for Behind the Candelabra <laughs> Liberace, <laughs> I'll be looking at you Behind the Candelabra <laughs> That's famously a Cole Porter song <laughs> yeah. Love it was it, way mate. wittier. It was wittier in its original Spanish. That's what Cole Porter is. <laughs> so the film opens modestly, but it grows in reputation over the years. And some critics were really were at home playing tennis. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Jan Dawson, Sight and Sound says, mm-hmm. for it is in spite rather than because of its direction, whether it's slow motion idyll, cigarette commercial photography, psychedelic mm-hmm. shots of the sun, soft focus verdure, Ooh. and heavy symbolism. The chief of story survives as a powerful and disturbing film. Disturbing to your digestive system as well. Yep. Oh, Just the thought I of can't it. get that far. Ooh. Unfortunately, I can't get that far into a 70s sight and sound review without really experiencing some gastro issues. Well, yeah, it's just the diet of the time, wasn't it? <laughs> it was the diet of the time repeating on me. All the cigarettes What's a vegetable even? Yeah. <laughs> uh, pub- public, meanwhile, realise mm. that they're free. They're their own men. The captain of their own soul. That's what counts. Know what I mean? Little Jimmy. Power Girl on Google said, <gasps> The film lives on in my mind as a mindscape mm. play. So it takes place on a surreal stage, both in cinema and in the audience. It's a smart theme made by smart people. And I always felt like Rod Serling was hovering above the whole thing. That's the highest compliment, by the way. It's not a happy film, but like Soylent Green... His point of view about society, morals, ethics, and life will always be relevant. It will always be relevant that Soil and Green was people. It will. It always will be. And yeah. Alvi might not appreciate me indoctrinating their clientele, but I'm going to carry on doing it. And you can't literally. Oh no, you can. They can. They can force me not to do that. Oh, they literally can. They have. Yeah. And they have. Yeah. yeah, they have. And. Uh... Sorry, I remember the I remember the court case now. Do you know what? I've swum home via so many court cases now. I just forget when and where they took place. It's probably unrelated. I would continue to 
go on exactly as you have been, my friend. Okay. Well, I won't be needing this. Zoik! There goes pants. Uh, the Swimmer has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.6 mm. on IMDb, and has become a cult movie. I have no mo- uh, information about how much money it made. Oh, okay. Well, you're going to assume some. It made, it it some. made some money. I haven't seen it. You see the poster? Mm. Got Bill Lancaster on it. I saw the trailer. That was amusing. <laughs> Back in the day when they didn't quite have trailers figured out. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> so, Paul, you very special human being. Noble and splendid. Uh, gee golly whiz, mister. <laughs> when you talk about the swimmer, will you talk about yourself? I'll talk about the good owl, Paul, at the beginning. There's a, There's great a good owl, owl at the beginning. I remember that owl. Yeah. I was thinking, that... this guy. Yeah. I'm in the right place. The, the owl looks towards the screen, or, or, or maybe not. It looks, it looks, and then it, it has a face, you know, it has the face of what's happening here then. All right, lads. And then it's gone. Like, <gasps> like, a like piss night. in the wind. Shit. I don't know. It's beautiful. You, you try and it's grab it, but you can't. a beautiful spectral owl. A yeah. celestial owl of the highest caliber. But let's see the, the what wind. it foretends. Mm. Mm. Did you say foretends? For tens is what I'm using. <laughs> the swimmer with Janice Rule. What we start. You foretended. What ha- What happened to you? And now we cut over because we start mm. with a beautiful autumnal forest oh. and a beautiful buff by the standards of the 1960s. It's Stanley. Man, it's it's Stanley running with the snakes. He is running for a rich neighborhood. Well, he's running mm. through the the woods, which is what a rich neighborhood is. It's just woods. I've I've always called it the rich neighborhood. Yeah. And then people. <laughs> and I then can't afford pe- to go into the woods. <laughs> if people don't then follow me into the woods to hear the um, accompanying musical number that I've composed, then that's really on them. Well, I that's why they're not going to have any context for any of this. It's especially that weird phrase, that weird <laughs> cumbersome phrase that I've been using. <laughs> so yes, this man is Ned Merrill, played by Burt Lancaster. Yes, indeed. And he finally reaches his rich friend's house, um, mm. where he dips into the pool and gets offered a cocktail. He gets off all right, because the oh! cocktail is being offered by a lovely lady, a lovely well, lady in the sixties. It's being offered by a lovely man who is married Ooh. to a lovely lady, if I remember correctly. Oh, Paul, I'm. Like Ned Merrill, I only have eyes for the lady uh, because oh! well, he gets up and he and I I think he he says something that's you know jocularly alpha male to the man to uh, oh, yes. to, to diminish him and then he st- he just starts putting his hands on the lady and, uh, <laughs> and everything's everything's good no one's judging anyone here um, and oh they drank too much last night Paul they drank way too much and they explore that in some very natural ways. Say, it's wonderful to see you again. You look great. Well, so do you. <laughs> a little green around the edges. <laughs> I drank too much last night. I don't believe it. Nettie! How beautiful are thy feet and sandals, oh, Prince's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, I bet you drank too much last night. <laughs> Isn't he a sight for sore eyes? Oh, Nettie, we've missed you. Come on now, sit down and tell us everything. Where are you coming from? Oh, I was around. I thought I'd come over and have a swim with you. God, look at that water. And some more friends come and visit, 
and they also drank way too much last night. Mm. And they and... come with a lady, and Burt Lancaster has oh. a... I'm going to say Ned Merrill, but Burt Lancaster has a good moment yeah, t- touching her as well, and there's a, bit of, there's a bit of flirting, and no one's judging anyone. No one's judging anyone. Everybody so just... gets to slap everybody else on the ass, and it's fine. Yeah. And at this stage, they mention that one of the neighbours has had a pool put in. And that strikes something off in old crazy, crazy Burt Lancaster's head. <laughs> crazy Ned. He realises he realizes that yeah. by running from pool to pool, mm. he can effectively swim home, but not really. It's more of a run. It's a portage. I'm swimming home. You're swimming home? I pick it out. There's a river of pools all the way to my house. That's more hiking than swimming. Well, not hiking exactly. Portaging. It's a portage across yeah. country between pools and it's beautiful it's and he's going to do that he's going to swim the natural river which he's going to name after his beautiful wife Lucinda. Lucinda Lucinda is still with me and, <laughs> that's uh... the first full name all this was <laughs> goodbye friends I'm perfectly sane so yes he jumps into the pool goes on the other end and then runs about his journey and yeah. um the first couple, I believe, I didn't watch this very recently, folks, is the one who've had the very fancy pool put in, as well as all the accoutrements. Yeah, and they've um, got, all, got, got all of the ac, ac couch tremonts, uh, mm. which I've, I've, I've been informed is how you say it, um, by, some, by some new money friends. And, um, a Canadian all, told me that. A Canadian, a Canadian mustered up the courage to come and talk <laughs> to, to say me. say that to me. And after people. I finished pummeling them to death, I yeah. said, I will say it that way. So they got oh, the accoutrement yeah. on Adton. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, they're, they're having a conversation mm. about all these extra things. And, and Burt Lancaster, who is a youthful, a youthful oh, 60s man in his 50s. And, <laughs> uh, you know, he says, well, you know, I was, I was jealous of you. Sorry for constantly poking fun at oh, you. Yeah. And, uh, and, 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 and calling and, you and, fat ass and pudgy yeah. and... And Little stupid short face, legs. and yeah, titchy, and titchy dog bitch. breath, yeah, titchy twat, and uh, and and your husband, a big, <laughs> uh, a big man with a small, small dick, wafty air faced pons. But um, I was just jealous because I was jealous, loved you. very, very jealous of how much I enjoy both of you. Uh, but yeah, no, no, no time for all of that though, because mm. um, yeah, he continues to swimming. He continues to he continues to uh, to. to, to Run and swim and jump and dance across the county. Is it at and this France. stage he encounters the horse? Um, it could be. It's is horse it the... or upset mum. Ah, horse or upset or upset mum. What's the difference? I'm Bert Lancaster. Oh no! Well, he goes prancing with one and gets admonished by the other. So I hope it was yeah. the horse that he did the prancing with. Nobody. But we're not going to spoil that for you, listeners. When they get put down by a horse. But in the next garden, the so meets, uh, he meets some teens. Oh boy! Well, this is the sixties, so um, <laughs> sure is, my friend. Hold on, everyone. I can't get over you, Julie. How old are you now? Twenty last month. You still going to school? I've got a job. Gee, I miss Ellen and Aggie. Where are they? They're home. Playing tennis. They are. But when did they? Why didn't they call me? Oh, I'd just love to see them. Let's drive over. Well, I've got to be on my way. Uh, yeah, one of whom used to was is Janet Langard playing Julie, who used to be a babysitter for uh, Ned, yeah. Nettie Merrill's lovely kids. Oh, and, good. Um, Let's come have with a bit me, of a pash on it. All right, then. 
Come Gee with whiz, me, mister. and I'll show you how crazy everything is. They go to the next pool <laughs> party, which is easily the best time either of them have in this entire thing. They it's, run it's about lovely. the place, yep. have some champagne, and uh, then go for a nice talk in a sort of beautifully idyllically lit sort of haze in which they yeah. explore the crush that she used to have on him. Yeah. And various in here. Sex- sexual incidents from her past. Yeah, Paul's doing a lot of a lot of fushigi sort of gesturing and it's it's rubbing off on me. I'm ready to give it's, myself to Paul. It's a lot easier without the balls. Is what I said since my massive surgery. Since so, my big s- bonanza. I'm rich everyone. <laughs> That's what I called it. So <laughs> Yes, they do that, and then... What is then? They, they, do they well, get to... No, that's it. They, 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 they sit down together. No, they go prancing around. They find the... Um... They come to a party. Well, they've done the party, and then they go to oh, okay. the, um, uh, the, 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 the horse training bit, and he, he demonstrates his incredible physique. His Olympic Greek god-esque yeah. physique. As he jumps no, over here, things. Folks. Yeah. Oh, At yes, he jumps stage, over some things. That's it. Yes, he jumps over many things in slow motion. It's great. Uh, she becomes too sexually aroused by this and runs away. Um, actually, it's <laughs> after they have a little chat a bit. And, and, uh, and things get yeah, a bit weird. He starts saying some crazy things. Things fitting. He starts oh, getting a bit weird. I'm crazy, am I? How do you like this? <laughs> and, then he, and then he open mouth kisses her forehead. And, uh... <laughs> and then he punches a horse and she uses the chance to run away. So, I think I the feel, next thing they I do... I feel better. He finds the... Um, Wealthy couple, the nudists. Oh, are they a bit? Are they a bit later on? Oh, does he see the the chauffeur first and really struggles to have a decent conversation with him without showing himself up? Yes, there's uh, there's definitely that. He's uh, awkward. <laughs> I think it is. I think I think it's the wealthy nudist couple who admonish okay. him for being a, a, a loose cannon. Yes, a loose cannon, and, and well, the whole thing is he's apparently already been there to ask them for money. You oh, can't what go around loser. asking rich people for money. How do you think they got rich by giving people they money? They like to keep hold of that stuff. They love it. I wouldn't know. I have no idea what money feels like. No, I don't. Physically know the, or the, emotionally. The, the sweet, warm embrace of money. Yeah. So it must be very good, though, because rich people hate not having money. And, and, and they think, oh, no, here comes naked Burt Lancaster to ask us for more money, <laughs> just like last time. He's clearly not getting on well. Look at him. Yeah. So what are you talking about? He's, he's so perfectly fit and buff and splendid. But Look at him, he's so young. He's touched, he's that, touched so many ladies. And he's touched so many ladies today and it's not man. even six o'clock yet. So he finds Kevin, little boy, he's on the side oh, of the yeah. road, selling jars of piss, cold piss. And it's not going very well. No. His parents have left him alone with an empty pool that he's just encouraged to try and fall into as soon as he can. Well, uh, uh, well I can't swim where you could fill it with your pissy lemonade piss, couldn't you? Dog, yeah, they say, and then they leave. And he pushes him over and runs into the woods laughing. No, he, he has a nice moment with the kid. He has a nice go... moment. He connects with his child. Yeah, they go for a fake swim. They, yeah. they, they sort of go to one side of the pool and imagine it's full of water. And if you imagine something hard enough, it makes it real for just one movie. That's what I do. I try and imagine something hard every single day. And it works, goddammit. I'm Burt Lancaster. Um, <laughs> Burt Lancaster yeah. now. It came and... true. And he, yeah, no, he has a lovely moment. He 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 connects with this um, young boy on a level that he fails to do with any adult or other human being in this movie. Mm. He has a real connection with this ter- this this frightened boy who yeah. immediately tries to kill himself after he leaves, but he comes back and saves him, and then just yeah. just leaves him to it. 
Yeah, yeah I've saved you now, so you, you're not allowed to do it. You're not allowed to kill most... yourself now, I've saved you. <laughs> Studies show that most most people won't reattempt suicide after you interrupt them. We have to assume that's true. Of incredibly <laughs> stupid children. <laughs> They're so trusting, incredibly... and they believe so deeply in the idea of a blood debt. <laughs> Misa, you're My slave now. Yours. Oh, great. Oh, so this boy. isn't going anywhere, so he leaves. So, yeah, yeah he... What, what does he do next? He, um... Is it, there's another party. Uh, there is another party, and this one, this one isn't very nice. No, he's 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 gank crashing now. He thinks he's going to be welcome, but he's not. Yeah. He says, can I still it have a drink? Earlier. Done very yeah, well earlier. I was earlier. I was touching all the, so many ladies. No, none of the ladies will let me touch them. Not even Joan. Joan uh, was it Joan Rivers? Rivers who's here? Yeah, playing Joan. Playing Joan. It's a tremendous step out of character for her. <laughs> you look the type that goes in for why not? When the world is so generously supplied with water. Not a maniac about it. Tell you the truth, it's murder on my hair. Lovely hair. Thank you. You a neighbor from around here? No. You're a friend of the Biswangers. They're not even in our Christmas card list. <laughs> then what are you? I'm an explorer. No, I, I mean, what are you doing here? I'm swimming home. <sighs> yeah, he asked Joan to well, join him, and then he's just like, she's just like, nah, mate. Nah, nah. nah rather, rather not. And then someone takes her aside to yeah. explain in hushed tones what the fuck's wrong with him. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and he... Burt Lancaster. Oh. oh that's uh. Burt Lancaster. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you turned up, friend. He can't even swim. Look at him. <laughs> He also, he gets very upset because his hot dog cart has been misappropriated into a hot dog cart. That's very worse angry. than changing it, if anything. Yeah. He, um, um, yeah, they have a fight. They have a big, they have a massive fight and it ends with him getting just completely kicked out of this party, which is not fair. It is not fair, considering how many times he refused invitations to their party. You can't just show up and then kick him out. <laughs> what will everybody say? Uh, but Ugh, then Nothing good. He, yeah, but then the next stop is the municipal pool, isn't it? No. First, he's going to run into yes. Shirley Abbott, the aforementioned oh, is... replace Janice Rule. Oh, who... I forgot that that was, that was yeah. Uh, before that. Yeah, they meet oh. and they have a big showdown because he used to be a bit of a cad and he used to be all involved in her life and, mm. you know, he broke it off for not very much reason and she was the other woman. He was all involved with his wife, the yeah. Lucille River. Who definitely still exists. And Lucille. I know, I know my wife's name. Stop <laughs> saying that I don't. It's it's getting worrying how many people are approaching me with that. But yeah, he um has trouble. Particularly mm-hmm. they fall out over misremembering the nature of their relationship, which leads to yeah. him having a bit of an uncomfortable assault of her in the pool, and then yeah. she runs away and he's left yeah. just in a pool, being yeah. sad. We've all been there. And he expressly didn't want that. He he wanted to be in a pool. And, being glad. Being glad. Being mm. Brad. Being Brad in a pool is just about all a man can hope for in this day and age. And Bert's not going to manage it. He's just got to no. stay there, filling it up with his tears. His pissy his, tears. His pissy tears that he pisses out of his eyes. And then he uh, goes and finds a busy highway so that he can just sort of have an awkward sort of rub up against that. Yeah. 
Mm. Anyway, it does the job for a bit. So uh, yeah. eventually, people stop throwing things at him, and he. It's like a cold shower. Just a quick walk across traffic. I. That's how I got ready for today's podcast. <laughs> and uh, that's the tell. energy that I've been bringing. Yes, he he does that. Then he goes to the local swimming pool, the final <laughs> pool. And after having a bit of an unpleasant interaction with the guy behind the fucking till, the dick, and also the guy behind the next till and insists that he wash himself. Yeah. Well, um, first I've got to pay for entry. Now I've got to wash myself so I don't pass on my communicable diseases. I'm Ned Neville, goddammit. So they finally Com- let him in. Communistable. Everybody's like, oh my god, what are you doing here? You look terrible. Thanks, friends. I'm just on <laughs> my way back home. To see my wife, Barbara. My beautiful wife, who's still there. <laughs> She's not, they say. <laughs> sure, he says. What's the matter, Mr. Merrill? Your friend's pool's run out of water? What? So how do you like our water, Mr. Merrill? Are you going to ask him or not? Will you shut well, up? Well, okay, then I'll ask him. When are you going to pay your bill, Mr. Merrill? Yeah, how about that? We're decent people trying to make a living. we got bills to pay, too, you know. You want to know something? You're the first deadbeat we ever got in our place. And he swims up the hill. Um, he actually, he, he, um, oh, fuck, he Michael Shannon's the way up a stone once he realizes yeah. that everything's going wrong. And then he um, pushes someone over and gets his way up there, and it's a beautiful <laughs> yeah. thing. And yeah, maybe we should just leave the final beautiful moment yeah. to everybody's imagination or just go watch the movie, which is what we really want you to do. But use your imagination. And yeah, whenever we say use your imagination, we mean just go watch the movie. Just go watch um, the movie. We don't actually expect you to imagine anything. That would be horrible. God, so, no. no. We know none of us can handle that right now. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> We're not crazy. <laughs> and that's just about it for yeah. The Swimmer. A strange yeah. tale mm. of a surreal big man. Big monster. Paul, Paul what did you think of this particular big monster? Um, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed it very, very much. It was Yay. an existentially difficult watch for me. Oh, yeah. Because um, I have, I've read the short story and I oh, yes. took uh, 15 minutes to reread the short story before recording this morning. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and I remember it being um, existentially inclined, um, very much mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, the, the, the passage of time, the sort of oblivious obliviousness to the passing of time and um and you know and so on and and this film managed to uh make some of those elements way more acute than the short story did uh there's a lot of social anxiety in there uh for me of of, of people judging him (laughs) and uh yeah and it was so so it was deeply uncomfortable, profoundly sort of tragic, but it was just completely mesmerizing. The, the you know, Burt Lancaster is oh, just God. unreal. From the moment that he realizes that he's going to be swimming home and we've just yeah. got a close up of his crystal blue eyes and they're tearing up from the sheer indescribable beauty of what he's yeah. realizing, you know, yeah. what he's decided to do. It's just, he's a fucking lunatic. He's yes, got, he is. It's such a big, committed performance. It's great, and 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 the, the the thing that I loved about it is, it's as though it's as though he was told that he is playing a leading man 
and doesn't. But this this character of Ned is a, is playing a leading man, but doesn't realize the film that he's in. Mm. Um, and and so he's this leading man who you know who just who who is the way he is. He's very physical and and forward, but it's this completely different reality that that no longer accepts that that person. Um, who's you know spent his whole life doing this, so of course you know he thinks it's fine to just talk the way he talks, mm. even when being confronted by his mis- his ex mistress. Yeah, and it's well, such it's... an amazing, amazing, jarring performance in the best way possible. He plays an absolutely impossible man, a man who is out of time, but who comes from a time that never existed. He's he emerges from the forest like this kind of force of nature like the first man you know just the camera just sort of hazily picking him up amongst the sort of foliage and he's sort of got this incredible physique that looks like a sort of greek standard of what the best man would be you know there's no modern sort of musculature or sort of over-the-top performative he just seems healthy he's uh, vital yeah he's, he's got real like george clooney and how caesar vibes (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, obviously it's the other way around, but mm. um, but he, there's something about his expression yeah. that is is full. well. That's it. He he emerges, jumps yeah. into the pool, and just has this natural, easygoing way to him where he's not quite mm. here. He's somewhere yeah. else. He's full of this youthful. But he's you know, watching it again, you see that he's got all the delusions in place. He's mm-hmm. you know, he's his he can't accept the reality of the things that have gone wrong yeah. in his life. And he has this sort of permanent childish nature to him that has clearly yeah. caused all of the unspoken issues in his life. The issues with his mm. daughters, with his wife, Lucille, yeah. you know, his ex-partners, you know, partners with his friend. Mm. The, the mother figure mentions that he yeah. um, something terrible happened to his former friend yeah. um, that she still holds him responsible for. There's all of these traumas. You never find out the specifics of what it is that's gone wrong. You just get hints. Um, and it's just this surreal sense of his reality, his dreamlike reality that is so mm. sumptuous and beautiful and inviting, mm. just slipping away. It's mm. a, a, a beautiful dream that just crashes down into this really horrible and confronting reality at the end. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's just stunning. Like, yeah. At the Film on Film Festival, it got us on board with its big, surreal, kind of David Lynch style, like really genuinely David Lynchian. You know, it felt like the beginning of Mulholland Drive. I was going to say, just it's got that smiling saccharin. at each other. Yeah, yeah that saccharin. Oh, the colors are gorgeous. This was, you know, being projected to us on film in a, in a print that would never be screened again because of shrinkage, something that affects all yeah. swimmers. Um, <laughs> the sprockets weren't going to line up with the sort of holes anymore. So, yeah. uh, with the, you know, Whatever, swimming the teeth. Yeah. The swimming ho- the swimming teeth. Um mm. they were never gonna line up again. So this is the last time it was getting shown. It just looked gorgeous. The colours and the, mm. the the focus, the mist, the depth. It was just it was all so beautiful. And then yeah, just a real surprise to be kind of laughing at it because you've got this over the top line delivery, you've got this yeah. sort of over idolized um aesthetic and the incredibly sentimental music. And then mm. it just becomes this tragedy. And by then you've kind of gotten involved. Yeah. You know, d- due to your sort of amusement at it. You know, you kind yeah. of sign on as this, oh, it's this very self-aware kind of funny, but very silly film. And then before you know it, you're actually invested in this strange man and his quest mm. home. And then 
as he's confronted with these moments from his past, it's kind of heartbreaking, but also you do start to get a sense of what a tragic and kind of pathetic figure he is for having hurt the people around him and having so uniformly failed to capitalize on the gifts that have been given to him. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because having read the short story before I saw mm. the movie, I mm. was aware going in of of the story that was going to be told. So I was on the mm. lookout for those um, for those those looks of concern, uh, yeah. and I was immediately on my guard. The short story, you know, the, the the main difference between the short story and the movie is the short story is a very concise piece, oh, it's and ridiculous. it doesn't. It it, yeah. it doesn't. It's a ridiculous notion. The short story. I can't stand mm. it. But it's, but it's so it's, um, succinct. Like the, the... It, it, it is so succinct, and it's it's more like it feels almost like a fable. You know, it's yeah. a thing with a moral at the end where it it doesn't focus on, um, like it what it focuses on, for, or what I took out of it was this time passing, almost synecdoche New York esque. Like it, 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 he's a man who starts the the swim on one day but it's it's something that happens over the course of years yes and and, and whereas the, the movie for me maybe because it starts in media res it kind of feels like it's this for me it felt like it was one one day and he's already had all this tragic stuff happen and and what the what the movie does that the short story doesn't uh is it focuses on what it, it feels like it says a lot about male fantasy and and male experience you know especially mm. especially sort of closer to you know uh, toxic masculinity where engaging with trauma and the tragic things that have happened is very much not the thing to do um yeah. and and it, and it says a lot more about the male inability to to grapple with that kind of thing um yeah. and and I, and and that's that's where this movie becomes its own um mm. you know that's where it stands successfully apart from the short story which is a great idea and it's been expanded on in such a such an interesting and kind of and, and mesmerizingly awful way yeah absolutely and it has uh, like the inconsistent elements like the fact that you'll cut from a shot that is clearly on set mm. and uh you know then go to a reverse shot that is then yeah. out in the wilderness, you know, well, mm. like on location, that sort of disorienting kind of quality yeah. to the whole thing. Um, and it has those dreamlike cuts, it. doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And like these incredible cinematography, like it's hard to say what is Frank Perry and, you know, what is the reshoots by Sidney Pollock, but these are yeah. two seemingly very talented filmmakers sort of working in tandem here. Mm. And the result is just this incredible sort of thing that moves along at a hell of a pace. And it's mm. just... I don't know, it's just dreamlike in the best mm. possible way. And I yeah. loved it for that. Yeah, same. Mm. I, I, I think that's mm. I think that's all I've got, really. It's, yeah. uh, well, it's it was a good. surprise hit. It was a hugely surprising hit. And to the mm. point where I was in lecture with um, Trisha Tuttle in, and Laura Mulvey a week later. Mm. And Laura Mulvey sort of said to Trisha Tuttle, you know, I've been speaking to a, a bunch of the students here about the Film on Film Festival. You'll never guess what the sort of the big hit of the festival was, according to everyone I've spoken to who went there. Huh. It was the swimmer. Like everybody huh. agreed, much to Laura Mulvey's huh. surprise, that the swimmer was the best thing they showed that weekend. And it was Wow. It was kind of lovely because this is a film that came out, had its moment, mm. you know, became a sort of cult success, but then 
you know, decades later would have this chance to be the mm. focus of attention again and to win over a whole new crowd. <clears throat> and it really just, it, it fills you with sort of a love of programming, yeah. you know, to suddenly make a movie have its moment again. Like all weekend we've had the sort of Barbenheimer moment, you mm. know, where everybody's hugely excited about these films. And you just think it's so sad, the idea that these films only get that moment in a sort of collective consciousness yeah. just the yeah. once. The idea that by good programming and curation, you might be able to make that moment happen again, mm. you know, decades later, potentially a movie that never had its moment in the first place yeah. is a really beautiful thing. And I really hope that <laughs> The Swimmer, yeah, continues to be a cult movie because this is a movie that, it, it, as well, it's such a summer movie. In spite of how autumnal mm. it is, it's a beautiful summer film, I think. Yeah, I enjoyed watching it in winter. Uh, the, <laughs> Yay! Um, perfect. But it it was lovely to be made aware of it because mm. the the short story, you know, I read it, it like around 2014, 2015, and that was something yeah. that had just been resigned to the deep, dark recesses of my consciousness, never yeah. to be seen again until you mention this story and it flickers yeah. this, it starts ringing this faint bell of familiarity. <laughs> and and suddenly it's back at the the forefront of my consciousness, and yeah. uh, I'm getting to engage with it. And then watching this movie that is like it for what it is for you know it's this transgressive almost Burt Lancaster performance. It's such a it's such a strange antihero almost. Yeah. Um. It's so subversive, and and yeah. and surprising, and it like it must have felt really risque when it came out i mean the trailer is like when people mm. talk about their swimmer they'll you know they yeah. won't stop talking or whatever whatever yeah. it is and it's it, it but it's true it's it it felt transgressive even watching it now and it's it's mm. it's great to just have that good lord you know be so made aware I've of just that. just spotted that marvin hamlish was actually 24 years old when he did the score for this something well. to be depressed about but as we're depressed <clears throat> about that let's get into the swimmer quick fire yeah oh and i'll start with a very early shot i love the opening like tracking mm. shot of him through the forest that really like excited me in the yeah. cinema i didn't quite know what we were gonna get and i just thought oh what is this mm. um and then there's a shot where he jumps into the pool in the background mm. swims foreground a, a glass is lowered into shot and his hand comes up and grabs it, and we track it to his mouth where he drinks, and then that's where the shot ends. Very good, very smooth. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. that was awesome. I really liked that. Um, <laughs> I I liked I loved the exchange. Who gave you permission to use the pool? I'm Ned Merrill. <laughs> and and, it, and it's partly yeah. and he's just he's just reminding them, but and it's not even necessarily an answer to that question. But yeah, because because he's so in his own yeah fantastical head, <laughs> you know this, yeah. this fantastical life in his head, um, and it just it says so much about him and the 
irresponsible, irresponsible life that he's led, or the yeah. the the life of non responsibility. <laughs> yeah, um, I loved in that again trying to go chronologically, but I don't have any notes. In that early conversation, <laughs> the two of them talked to each other about um, he and a former college friend who are apparently the same mm. age, in spite of the fact that you know Lancaster looks a good. 20 years younger than everyone he's sharing yeah. a screen with. But I think that's kind of part of the point is that he has this Peter Pan thing going on. Yeah. Um, he mentions how when they were kids, they used to swim this kind of natural river all the way home. Mm. And that then inspires him for this. And it's just, there's something so depressing about the idea of forging a man-made river out of swimming pools. And the swimming mm. pools themselves are so rarely, so often he's the only one swimming in them. Apart mm. from the young, like the teens are in there. You know, but mm. often people are just sat beside the pools. They're, you yeah. know, they've built these fucking houses like around them. Like the first house he goes to, the, or the second one rather. You know, they've built all this stuff around. It's like we're gonna have a pool yeah. house built over there, and you know, with drinks and a bar. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's so weird that they've trapped this little bit of nature, but have no intention yeah. of interacting with it. Yeah, it's such a commodification, just status of water. That mm. it's just yeah, kind of depressing little insight. Yeah, well, one of the things the short story gets into is the, uh, like, in a couple of paragraphs, mm. is the politics of, um, yeah. you know, inviting people to parties and um, yep. who they've refused and these people keep on inviting them all the same and the sort of social, um, the, the continuing social discourse around it. Yeah. Um, Incidentally, folks, yeah, the 4K Blu-ray comes with um, Shiva's reading his own story. Um, sort of, and it's uh, an extremely good experience. Fantastic! I highly recommend it. I think you can find him doing it on YouTube as well. It's very good. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I really like Janet Lingard. Langard, sorry, is Julie, mm. um, the babysitter, who uh, goes a running away with Burt Lancaster. Um, but there's a there's a line where he says, "He used to be such a shy little kid. You always brought along a pile of school books, and you were always dropping pencils and things." And you never had a word to say. I thought plenty, though. There's such a, a sort of, you know, starlet yeah. in the 60s delivery. Yeah. Um, but it was a nice line. And it's, 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 nice. it's nice in terms of the, the neatness of the response, but also for just the awareness of, you know, yeah. maybe someone isn't actually shy or, you know, maybe someone just prefers to think about things rather than say yeah. things and grab people. <laughs> Um, obviously I loved him running with the horse. It was extraordinary. And oh, then of course, later on, yeah. just anything that celebrates Lancaster's physique was incredible. Yeah. And him yeah. running along the horse with the music swelling and then later on <laughs> yeah. him like running about all the obstacles whilst um Yeah. Julie is it, the the teenage yeah. girl? That's just it. watches on in awe of him is all yeah. it's all fabulous. Yeah. It is it's great fabulous. Stuff. It's fabulous and Bert Lancaster's big smiling head on top of that body doing these incredible yeah. things just makes it all the better. <sighs> Loved it. Um, there's the, just generally the look of concern on most people's faces whenever Burt Lancaster does something weird, but yes. the, the tension, the tension in Julie as she's trying to reconcile two very different thoughts of I'm, I'm very attracted to this man, but also he's mentally unwell. Um, <laughs> she, she does really well. The, mm. the, dis the cognitive dissonance on her face is... Uh, yeah, but it's also like the, the attraction isn't definite because she has this kind of mm. swoony kind of thing, but there's also the yeah. sense of nostalgia, like meeting a childhood yeah. icon, like yeah. still being a little bit enamoured 
but not necessarily yeah. in a sexual way. And, you yeah. know, trying to transgress that being just because, you know, he is... Although, I don't know, his flirting with her is always so, again, adolescent and yeah. cheesy. You never know if he does have sexual feelings for her. He just, he wants to ensnare her in the romance of the That's thing. That's it, like, yeah. Come with me, you know, run with me. And yeah. it's like, this is the thing that everybody gets sick of him. Oh well, yeah, is, yeah. That's yeah. that's it. His whole approach to life is just I'm Ned Merrill. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, let's, let's go have and an have adventure. a lovely adventure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, which actually, I'll I'll tie in with the the next mm-hmm. one because he's asking if Julie's ever drunk champagne when they're at the party, yeah. and uh, she she says yes. A boy drank it out of my slipper, and the the mix of processing emotions on Bert yeah. Lancaster's face is really something. It, yeah. It's that that smile of we're on an adventure um, that he's trying to maintain whilst also processing that there's another man uh, yeah. that, that, you know, if there has ever been another man in this woman's life. Um, yeah. It just showed like the the the, yeah. the fact that these women are just satellites orbiting around him. Yeah, he expects her to still be virginal and sort of pure. Yeah, and... it, exactly. Such is his, his fantasy. Yeah. Yeah, when he does, when he does say to the person who's critiqued him, you know, I'm a very special human being. You're no different than any other guy. Oh, but I am. I'm a very special human being, noble and splendid. It's just again, just wonderful because it just ties into this weird hero idea he has of himself. Mm, yeah, it's just yeah, bonkers. That's oh, so good. Yeah. Um, there's a montage of multiple pools. As, as he's mm. still with Julie um, yeah. and, uh, you know, swimming and diving and every now and again, this knowing smile from Julie will fade in and out of this montage. And it's so unsettling. And, yeah. and is it, you know, is it, is it a knowing we're having fun smile or is it the, like the face of Julie haunting him? Mm. Um, it's, it's, the film's pretty quick for things to start going wrong or slightly skew yes. with. For yeah, that's, even at that's that a real. First, yeah. Yeah. That first party when somebody just says to him, "Boy, if somebody did to me what that kid, you know, did to you in your store," and it's like yeah. that does, never gets elaborated on, but like yeah. even right away, there yeah. are references, and or he'll make a reference to his wife and his girls, and they'll just be like, "Oh, come on, Ned," like, yeah, you know, what's fucking wrong with you? It's a troubling idea that. He only has a warm reception the further away he is from home. As he gets closer, mm. all the encounters of people mm. he's screwed over. Yeah, you know, and there's true. something of like the addict to it, you know, suddenly he meets yes. all the people he's borrowed money from and let down and disappointed and Yeah. It's it's just yeah, it just becomes more and more tragic. And one of the sort of epitome moments of that is when he's just in the pool, uh, with Shirley mm. having just fought him off and run into yeah. the house and he's just there mouthing over and over. You loved it. You loved it. We both loved it. Like, just quietly, and his voice is so beautiful in that moment, but it's just this mm. really tragic, sad, yeah. but also pathetic, you know, moment that yeah. he has for himself. Well, this is when I first had that feeling that he was playing this leading man, this this mm. man that every that women wanted to be with, and, you know, that... He, he he was a yeah. an aspirational figure, but he's mm. but he's also this but he is this character who has betrayed and upset and yeah uh, uh, and and mistreated people. But the fact mm. that he responds every time, um, what's what's the mistress's name? Shirley Abbott. Shirley, when Shirley um 
every time she at the beginning like rebuffs him politely but also yeah increasingly more and more vehemently and angrily <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and, and she's scre- you know screaming at him about yeah. the injustice of you know the way he treated her and you know truly truly cold and callous you know he takes yeah. her to this fancy restaurant because he thinks that he can dump her there and she wouldn't dare to act up yeah. um, in such a fancy place and the way he responds is is you know, it's like a Humphrey Bogart or something. It's just, you know, well, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. We, you know, we want to be together. Let's, let's yeah. just, it doesn't matter. Just come to me and we'll make it better with some lovemaking. And, and yeah. it's so disconnected from reality. It's just, just shocking. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, it is. God, Paul, is, is Burt Lancaster playing Britain? <laughs> it is may well be. The country of Great just, Britain. This whole thing is him traveling through the UN being horrified to discover that everybody hates him. <laughs> but, but he's um, done so many good things for them. It does make his first line really hits differently when you, you know where it goes, when he's just like, mm. so where have you been keeping yourself? And he's like, oh, here and there. Here and there. Yeah. And you just, yeah. you're left to wonder where exactly he has b- yeah. been spending his time. Yeah. Just, yeah. A lot of mystery there. It's great. I like you say it's mythic. Yes. Bloody mythic. Good mate. word for it. Oh, it's mythic as fuck, mate. Just the just the moment when there he's lying down with Julie in that like glade, mm. and um, he gets this great idea. I can I can uh, meet you at the train station and then take you to work and then I'll pick you up on the uh, and then we'll meet for lunch and then the, the, when the day's done I'll take you home again. Yeah, I'll protect you, Julie. I'll protect you. It just <laughs> it, it, it's 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 so incredibly unsettling as he yeah. gets closer and closer with this fantasy. My God. Um, and there's still that social contract there. Julie is, is yeah. still slightly yeah, enamoured perhaps by that like, uh, memory. And it's still, she's still not outright refusing him. Which is, I guess, kind of speaks to the power that he has had over people in the past. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Just ev- every shot, every shot an expression mm. or line just says something about the yeah. bridges he's burned and the people he's hurt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I love his um, his whole interaction with Shirley Abbott, and I think Janice Rule is absolutely incredible. What a great suit. You? Last year's. I don't remember that suit. You weren't around last year. God, you look sensational. Would you mind telling me what the hell you're doing here? I'm swimming home. Your what? Pool by pool across the county. Good Christ, Ned, will you ever grow up? Because, yeah, she starts off so cool and then yeah. kind of becomes pitying of him and then just becomes furious with him and then, yeah, it just leaves him with no resort but to try and absolutely just enact the delusion upon mm. her and that just leads to this big reality break and this horrible moment yeah. in the pool and it's just, it's the big set piece of the film, I think. It's the lo- yeah. it's kind of the lowest moment, although obviously yeah. some incredible things that subsequently happen. But... Incredibly low things have happened, but yeah, yeah. it is, I would say. It's the contrast to what is the kind of high point of the film, which is his interaction with the kid, with Kevin, who, which mm. is also, which is such a beautiful and pure interaction. Although you go yeah. back and look at it, you realize how depressing it is because he almost feels like he's talking to himself in some yeah, way. Exactly. Not even himself as a kid, but himself now, yes. left on the side of the road, abandoned. And That's just, exactly it. Yeah. yeah. Just having this tragic little moment with his lemonade, trying to make everybody have a good time. And he's just giving himself this advice to basically just kind of commit to the delusion. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I really love that scene for that reason. Mm. Um, I did like Kevin as well. Um, when he's he yeah. doesn't have any money on him, and he comes across Kevin selling lemonade, and he says, you know, he'll I'll pay you back. I'll I'll drive around here yeah. the first thing tomorrow and give you the money. And the kid says, "How do I know I'll ever collect?" Which is such a great <laughs> thing to say. Um, yeah. And then he has the line: "Is your mother home?" Well, she's in Europe. It's a honeymoon, so she couldn't take me. How's your father? He's in love with a manicurist. That's what my mother says. I have to depend on her for information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not the precocious kid thing. Like, the kid delivers it yeah. really naturally. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's not, oh, how could he say that? It's, it's, it's yeah. very charming. Uh, so... He also says, I have an English racing bike. And Paul, that just took me back to a time when oh. England had industry. Yeah. We had things that people wanted. We made things. Wow. Just what we have now. Sadness. We have buckets of things we can tip on people. You can store your money here. We won't tax you. We don't give a fuck. About anything. Certainly not people. Long term, what does that mean? Um, I love the traffic sequence. That was extraordinary yep. when he's trying to cross the road. There's two very anxious, because obviously early on you have these wonderful, beautiful kind of languid moments of the swirling and the flowing and the, fl- and the, beauty, and the beauty of nature. And then that's contrasted yeah. in two absolutely horrible sequences. One of him trying to get across the road and you've got all these sort of zoom ins and tracking mm. shots and like this, this horrible anxiety and danger where you really feel like he's going to die trying to get across yeah. the fucking road. Um, yeah. And then the subsequent public pool sequence where he's in there with just a, a mass of bodies, everybody splashing oh, and, and kicking in the water, getting thrown up. And it's just the most stressful thing you've ever seen. I know pools, pools like that exist in the world. And surely, I just think you can't love pools that much. <laughs> that you just, you just get into one that's so crowded that you just all you can do is bounce up and down. But I've been to pools like that. And it's yeah. Disgusting. It's um, like- I, I like the scene with the naturists. Um, it starts with a phone call that oh, yeah. uh, they're having with their daughter and it's being had through the husband who's on the uh, <laughs> the receiver and the wife's telling him what to say. And there's one line she says, after the way we brought you up, you know, what's up with you? And the, the dad r- r- uh, repeats that line, yeah. and, but then goes, honey, to just, <laughs> just be a little bit nicer to his daughter. And then, and then I realized they're naturists. Um, oh, they yeah. just sat in the chairs, uh, and I, I, for the first time, I pay attention to their naked bodies. Ooh. And then Bert Lancaster shows up in the distance, turns oh, around, yeah. and pulls down his trunks, revealing a lovely pale ass. Yep, gotta love that. It's a great. nice pale ass. You can get it on and tap it's... in Britain. Oh, pale is on tap, everyone. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 just such a great foreground background. Uh, uh, Back end. Foreground, background, back-end job. Oh, lovely. I love those. Just like Britain. Like Britain is now. (laughs) Come and sling it up your back-ends, folks. We don't mind. We love it. And come on on the tourist brochure is spelled C-U-M as well. And that was was Liz Truss's final final act. (laughs) In this world. So (laughs) I really like the little hot dog cart and the ensuing argument over it. It's just this cute, it's a wagon. The hot dog wagon, yeah. I think he calls it. It's this yeah. beautiful little piece of like fifties Americana that is just completely yeah. out of place. And yeah, he just he sees it and he's like recognizing it and he sees it and recognizes it as being something that ought to be his. And there's a lot yes. of tragedy wrapped up in that sort of thing. But it's also 
it's just a beautiful little cart that has a place for you to put your hot dogs on the top and a little thing yeah. for them all to be inside and a little place for sodas as well. It's yeah. it's the most ridiculously idyllic little thing you've ever seen in yeah. your life. The and the idea of the idyll is uh, is important in this. Yeah, it's all wrapped all wrapped up in the head of a stupid man. The uh, head of so, a wonderful stupid man. It just looks like George Clooney bursting into tears at the slightest thing. The, the first thought of a pool. Yeah. Um. It, 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 that 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 fucking look when he decides what he's gonna do is just oh yeah it's the best. It's one step away from the end of the lighthouse. <laughs> it's almost just <laughs> distorted clipping screams of a Robert Pattinson. <laughs> the distorted screams of a Robert Pattinson. My favorite sound to listen to as I go to bed. Yeah, my favorite. Um, I can't say Brian Eno because I've said that far too often oh. in the past. But my favorite. Philip Gabriel album. Yeah, he's changed it. Oh, I like that. So, thank you. Um, you could, you uh, might be able to use Jean-Michel Jarre in the future. Ooh. A little bit. That's a, that's a good idea. It's, it's my favourite Russell Crowe's band album. Oh, I love Russell Crowe's band's albums. Yeah, kids. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I, the shot... Oh, I've, I've got her name written down here. Uh, when oh. Ned and Shirley are having their, their scene together... There's a lovely shot of her moving away from Ned, mm. you know, what, when she's rebuffing him. Uh, she sort of walks to the left and then faces the camera, or like, and walks towards the camera as well as the camera moves back. And then Ned approaches her from behind to continue the conversation and then, you know, keep touching her. And then she moves towards the camera again. And it's just just a lovely shot. It just... It yeah. just gets across everything that it needs to. It's wonderfully succinct. Yeah. And moving, well, literally. Yeah. Look, so far as I can tell, mm. my last one. Okay. It's just that I adore the ending. It's brutal yeah. and devastating and incredible, and there's an amazing tracking shot in one stage. And just everything oh, yeah. about that final sequence is just mm. quite breathtaking. And it's a perfect ending to a very, yeah, challenging, but incredibly absorbing film mm. lovely lovely well i've got one more oh but uh and it's not that and i can't remember oh. exactly which paul it is it might have been with shirley but uh oh. I th- it probably was shirley yeah probably. i think it was shirley because he's he's shivering he's having this sort of realization he's shivering his timbers. quite he's shivering his timbers which was bert lancaster's <laughs> saying in the 60s oh. um yeah it was lovely uh just highly irrelevant and Shirley says, let me get you a sweater. And he goes, no. How can I swim in a sweater? <laughs> and it's it's so... Yeah. I wasn't expecting him to refuse it on the grounds that he wouldn't be able to swim in a sweater. I'd almost forgotten <laughs> that he was still swimming. But he's still... he's still. And again, he's, he's clinging to this idea. Like a, yeah. like a man who is unable to take a step back from his mania. It's, yeah. It's, it's great and tragic and great and good and great. <laughs> Gotta love that. Mm. Ah, so yeah, that's gonna do it for the swimmer. Wow! Wow! Thanks, Paul, for showing me that. That's okay. It's my pleasure. I'm really glad that you watched it, my friend. Me too. So you didn't watch it though, the OG team, because I forgot. Oh, to ask those them. bastards! <laughs> I forgot to ask them if you have seen the swimmer. Please write in. We want to hear from you about what yes. you thought about this wonderful film. 
write in. Let us know. Write in postcards only. Once again, that yep. address has... <laughs> and uh, I probably don't need to, need to say that again. I feel some things just don't need to be said twice. Like, I love you. Yeah. Just say it once, and then that's all you need. Let's instead... You have a one better thing? The one better thing. Mine is this, and also the short story. You should read that. Or listen to that if you can yeah. get the Cheevers. That's true. If you can yeah. get the Cheevers, or maybe... Get Cheevers um, round. Stephen Fry's probably done it. He always, he always takes on work. Oh, he's done all sorts of things. He's done all sorts of things. He's a nice man, but he's busy. He's, he's too busy for his man. He's too um, busy for his own good. Oh, A.K.A. his mum. <laughs> uh, or you can just get it. I, you know, I just, just get it for free on yeah. the New Yorker website. Yeah, and, it's uh, out there. It's still there. Beautiful. It's out there, balls and all, like a Burt Lancaster. Yeah, and you can read it in your own shitty John Cheever's voice in your head. Yeah, and it might sound like one of Paul Sartre's characters from our original D and D campaign, and you'll have that thought and think, <laughs> and you'll, what's wrong with me? <laughs> you think what? What? <sighs> all right. Well, how can people find right. out about us? Us. And the pools we're skipping between. Triage, or whatever it was. Oh. <laughs> I have no idea, mate. But you can get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook at OGT Pod. You can listen for the call-outs for the OG team, which we put out every single week. And when I say we, I mean Paul. And when Hello. I say every single week, I mean most of the time. Um, sometimes for... I get sick. Sometimes Paul gets sick. And he, mm. I, he doesn't ask me to do it anymore, because I, re I refused... <laughs> <laughs> Just stop because of, reading my messages because of my mental brain and uh oops and um yeah but the call for the og team usually goes out yeah uh and and you know you could have shared your good things about quantumania <gasps> you, um, many of you did many of you did so many of you did giant spider invasion hmm? not many a couple of you did a couple a couple of you did couple yeah and and more and more and uh, if you want to, uh, if you want to, if you love the podcast and you want to support us, then you can on Patreon, where for as little as one pound, one pound a month, Just you get access to, access to kajillions of hours, literally wow. kajillions, megatons of hours of, of us talking about things like the secret Patreon episode that Paul's got prepared for me uh, following this recording. He likes <laughs> to keep a secret. It likes to keep me guessing. It likes to keep my life exciting because God knows I can't do it myself. <laughs> yeah, mate. Mm. You won't believe where I'm leaving him drugged up this week. Oh. I'm pulled up. I'm about to find, find out where I am and what my mission is and how to get home. <laughs> oh, shit. And remember, folks, the one good thing about the swimmer is that just maybe somewhere out there in the wilderness, between the pools, Bert Lancaster... He's still on his way home. We can join his daughters for tennis. Crazy bastard. <laughs>